Mitra Johari giggling across from me. And across from me is Joel Kim Booster. Wow, it is true. It's me. Um, <laughs> and this is a podcast where people call in or write in and we help them, much like, you know, an average urgent care does. <laughs> you know, we help yeah. people in the same way an urgent care does. Barely. Yards away from a grocery store. <laughs> <laughs> Every single one. We are actually. basically in a tent. Yeah, basically in a tent. Sometimes basically in a parking lot. Unlike a, a, an urgent care, uh, we are not qualified in any way. Yes, people people go to school to uh, work in a. Yeah, and I, I do. I want to. Some we we haven't. I'm surprised we haven't gotten pushback for how disrespectful we are to urgent care workers all over the country. Services every time. that I use all the time need when I'm on the road, I, I go to the urgent care. I cherish the urgent care. And I'm do grateful. I have a good experience or no, 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 never, never. People are rude. Yeah. I feel like I get bad advice. <laughs> <laughs> but I went to school for it. Yeah. They went to school. They work hard. Um, to Joel make has me a fear degree and I didn't even finish state school. Yeah. So, <laughs> so we're not on the same page, but we will give sort of the same caliber of help Completely. is what we're saying. Completely. But we respect them, but we don't. <laughs> Ooh. Anyways, Mitra, um, pottery update. Pottery update. <laughs> people actually want it. I will say people, that was crazy. people are invested in your pottery class now in a way that I find embarrassing for them and for you. I know. I was really, I made a joke about how people hate the pottery stuff and then uh, an astounding four people said that they don't. <laughs> uh, that's 27% of our listenership. So. <laughs> and we thank you. Thank and we you. see you. Um, pottery update. Have I shared, I did share that I got a membership, right? Did I, I share? don't know if you shared on pod, Okay, online um, I saw. So sorry if I've already shared, but I became a member at my pottery studio. Great. So the updates will literally never stop. Thank God. <laughs> I'm glad to hear it. And I brought your gift. <gasps> it's in my car. Oh, so, so you, we like had literally two steps we away. Had an, well, we had an opportunity for you to sort of, for me to be, do a sort of unboxing Well, it is sort of an audio medium, so we could pretend. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no one needed to know. Oh, and that clink is the sound of the ashtray. Oh. <laughs> so that's me handing the ashtray. That's Joel disinfecting it. Oh, God, I got it in my eye. <laughs> oh, that's good. <laughs> Anyways, so you've got um, a membership. You're making shit. Stuff mm-hmm. that's just sitting in your car. Stuff that's apparently. sitting in my car, waiting to be given to Joel mm-hmm. for his birthday. <laughs> I'm excited. Um, yeah, that's the that's sort of the big uh, the big update with me uh, is that, you know, life, uh, life marches yeah. on. <laughs> so, sort of second week of you working from home. Your brain is deteriorating slowly day by day. Yeah, the first episode that we recorded today, because famously we record two in a day. Uh, I just didn't know how to talk. <laughs> but I did um, write uh, in my little yard in a bathing suit, which was fun. <laughs> uh, can I tell you that that is the exact experience that made me decide to stay in L.A.? It was when amazing. I, when I was out here, I came out here to work on the other two. And when I was literally out on script as well, 
riding by my pool in a speedo and I was like, okay, I'm never going back. It was incredible. Um, it is so nice. It, I laid in and soaked up the sunbeams while I did my work. It was great. Yeah, um, so I'm feeling great. I'm feeling good. Sunlight actually matters. Brain Who knew? melt. <laughs> Brain melted. Who knew I needed to do something other than sit hunched over in a rolly chair <laughs> eating garbage for yeah. 10 hours a day? <laughs> Who knew? <laughs> no Who one told me. <laughs> How are you? Um, I'm good. I had a funny, um, I should never say something is funny because as, as I was saying, I had a funny thing happen to me last night. I realized Prove in, it. I, uh, <laughs> alarm bells went off in my head. I said, this is not funny, but I ordered food at seven o'clock. Okay. okay. We're supposed to take an hour tops. Um, it sort of never happened that it came. The service that I was using to order it was like, they're, they were like, our system is down. None of our customer service agents are available. Sorry, sorry, sorry. So I, I used a different service to order food. It came. I ate it. I went to bed. I woke up this morning. I got a series of text messages at 11.15 at night. I had been fast asleep. Okay. Fast asleep. Going to sleep at a very responsible hour, which yeah, well, because I'm, the listeners will love. I'm I'm coming down from from drug use from my birthday party. Still, two weeks later, um, <laughs> in the in the world of this podcast, but not in real life. Hello, this is caviar with your food. I am in the front. Please, please let me know. Please, I know the food is late, but the restaurant was behind in a lot of orders. I will be in front for ten minutes. Oh, please, are you there? It is raining, so I don't want to put the food under the rain. I am still here if you would like. I can leave the food in the front, but it is still raining. 11.15. And I had em- and to, in, to, in my defense, I, had, um, I, I don't believe it was raining last night. Um, Dana's shaking her head. It was not. It, in fact, did not rain last night. I can confirm. Um, <laughs> so don't feel bad for this person. But I will say um, I had emailed Caviar when it was clear that like I didn't think it was ever going to come at like 930. I it was when I went to bed and I was like, OK, this is clearly not coming anymore. So I emailed them. I was like, cancel this. And then to find out that it, <laughs> at 1115, some poor person was knocking on my door with pad thai. I feel bad. But I did check. They did get the tip that I had preloaded for them. That's so. good. Did they leave the food? Yes. I love that. To come I, out and, and I woke eat up this, pad thai. I woke up this morning, <laughs> opened my door, and there was, in fact, pad thai still there. Did you eat it? Uh-huh. I love that. And now I'm very sick. No, I'm kidding. I did <laughs> oh, not eat it. Damn. I threw it immediately <laughs> in the trash. I do feel bad about the food waste. I'm sort of mad that, like, nobody thought, nobody thought he ordered this four hours ago. Do you think we should check? No. No. They made the food anyways. They made the food anyways. And I'm a monster. I'm the villain now. <laughs> Everyone's looking at me like I'm the villain. <laughs> anyways, that's my update. I hope th- I hope you guys are fucking rocked. I th- I, you know, this is the problem. <laughs> so huge with, weeks for both of us. Huge weeks for both of us. This is the problem with us sort of banking the episodes like we do because... Very little happens. We get we we see each other in the first episode. We're like, let's cap, 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 cap. In the second episode, we go, okay, enough. <laughs> <laughs> we can, yeah, we get it. You're doing stuff. Barely stand to look at each other. I'm going to share an update, perhaps. Yeah, I think that's a good way to move on. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> or, or we can self-flagellate longer. No. <laughs> no, because we know that we're going to really beat ourselves up when we try to do the names. So we need to save the self-flagellation. We need to save that. Save our sympathy for later. Yeah. Um, so the update is short and sweet. Hi, Joel and Mitra. Obsessed with the pod. My guest for Bilbo's identity, <laughs> Elijah Wood. You guys are the best. So this is incredible because um, 
Like, we are dumb, but we are not that dumb. No. Like, we... When we named a caller Bilbo Hallowtree. We're not doing Bilbo Baggins. No. Okay? Here's, like... Well, we, Frodo. Did I say... Oh, yeah. I've Okay. Elijah is Frodo. Elijah is Frodo. Okay, so, so now fair. you are dumb. Now I am dumb. I'm confusing my Lord of the Rings mm-hmm. universe characters, and that's problematic. But mm-hmm. as someone who used to have a tradition with four friends where every single year we would watch all of the extended editions together... <sighs> In a day. <laughs> Ooh, the sound of a soul escaping a body. <laughs> <laughs> in a day? We yeah, we would get together at a friend's house at like eight in the morning and then spend all day together and like order a bunch of food and stuff. It was actually very nice. It was like how we would see each other when we went to college. Uh, yeah, that's true. Guess what? Okay, you're not, I'm not going to tell you more about myself and come off cooler. <laughs> <laughs> um, if no. we establish anything. Um, to all this suffices to say, this is very, very cold. And this is, of course, and if you're new to the podcast, since we haven't ref, we get very few guesses. This is not, this game did not take off in the way that we intended. And that's actually okay. I think, I think honestly, here's the thing. We can probably end the game. Okay. Okay. <laughs> um, because I was thinking that someone would guess it by now yeah. and then we would have to do something about it. But since no one has guessed it, A, we are not going to reveal nope. the person whose name I said and made everybody bleep out on camera, on camera, in microphone. In microphone. I really have. Oh. <laughs> oh. I have a really hard time with technology and devices. In the microphone. In microphone on camera. Um, so we're never going to find out, but that's okay. We're going to keep giving advice. And then if you guys want to, I'll never, I'll, it's over. It's over. It's okay. It's over. <laughs> Am I okay? I don't think so. I don't think so. I think we need to go to a break so Mitra can collect herself. (laughs) Collect yourself. Something's happening. Mm -hmm. Okay, goodbye. We're back. Mitra has picked up the shards of her broken brain from the ground, (laughs) shoved them back into her ears. Oh, God. (laughs) Should we... um, yeah, let's just, just jump, do this. Let, let's just dive in. I'm I'm gonna I'll read this one. So yeah, I'll give I you, actually I, don't you, think I, I can read yeah, it. Yeah, anyway. you need a break. <laughs> Dear Mitra and Joel, okay, Mitra first. Um, one of my closest friends has been dating the same woman since sophomore year of college for around six years. Though he had girlfriends <laughs> in high school, I'm 99% sure this is the woman he had lost his virginity to and his first real relationship. While his girlfriend is very, very, very nice, she is also annoying as fuck and dumb as a rock. He'd probably never admit it, but we, our friend group, can tell that it bothers him when she misses super obvious jokes and or chimes in with inane off-topic BS. Worst of all, she really, really wants to be a full-fledged member of our friend group and not just the girlfriend. My question is, do we tell my friend that he's got to try and find someone who's better for him? My friend is a super sweet guy from a kind of conservative background, and he and this girl just got their own apartment together. I know he deserves a more intelligent partner, but I don't think he has it in him emotionally to break up with a nice, well-meaning woman for no other reason than I want something else. And if they stay together, they're for sure going to get married and leave L.A. to go live in the boring small town where she grew up. Hours from all of us. What should me and my friends do? All right. Here we go. We're going to name this one. We're gonna it's going to go great. Okay. So, um, I, they're dumb. The friend is, the girlfriend is the dumb. The girlfriend is dumb and they were very smart. They're very smart. So we're going to call... This call this right this person who wrote in is we're gonna call him. Um, <laughs> okay, I want to say what the thing I'm thinking okay. of is, and then I'll explain why. Okay, as you always do. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm saying 
Eyes closed. King of means. King of means. Yes. So because a the I think this this emailer is being kind of mean. Okay. Um, but also because we're talking about in King of Queens, right? There's a part. There's a marriage where it's like one hot and then one not hot. So the 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 balance is off. I like it. And so that like this relationship is off balance too, according to no. I love Queen of Means. I love Queen of Means. Great. Okay. Thank you. Queen of Means. Okay. So this is the Queen of Means. <laughs> I got to say, um, <clears throat> the, I just want to say this because we had something similar in the last episode too. This idea of like full-fledged member of the group or gr- like this. I, so where weird are to pe- me. I feel like this is like people who grew up watching too many you like people hangout grew up watching sitcoms. Yeah. yeah. Like hangout sitcoms really melted people's brains in a very specific way because like they see like this is the group. You know, and it's like, okay, are we in junior high? Yeah, like, I feel like that, like that stopped for me. That's that kind of thing sort of stopped existing when I was in college, and like I, you had a whole, I yeah, mean, like in college, you're in. I was in clubs and stuff, yeah. so like I had a group of people that I did stuff with, and certainly in life, you have groups that you do stuff with, but right, full fledged. I feel like the group is for me in my life, like the groups are always shifting, and whoever's available is available. Right, kind absolutely, of thing. it's like. The idea that you have, like, your six friends that you see every Saturday or something. No. Unless you're, like, on a team together or something like that. Like, like an intramural. It's, or what, You know what I yeah. mean? It's like, I, I just don't understand that. No. And and, and and to be clear, Queen of Means, we're being rude to you and to the girlfriend who wants to be a full-fledged member of the group. Okay? <laughs> we, we think you're both lame for this. Anyways. Um, here's the thing. <sighs> Trust your friend. I mean, you really don't give your friend a lot of credit here. And you feel, I feels like he just assumes that the friend is trapped um, in this relationship with this girl. And like, it, through, unless someone intervenes, um, he won't be able to have the strength to break up with her. Now, I will say, for the record, I understand this. Yes. This is something that I personally really relate to and have experienced is like being like, wow, my friend is so amazing. And the person that they're dating just falls short of what I had in mind for this friend. But then a, you have to think that like, you you are not seeing all sides of 90%. this person that your friend is seeing. You're yeah. not seeing the girlfriend the way that your friend is seeing them. Maybe. And also like, I really feel like if if you're judging this person's partner, they can probably feel that you don't think that they're smart or yeah. that you don't think that they gel in the group or whatever. And I bet that is a circle that will continue because it like once you get that feedback that makes you feel like you're not a part of the group, then you become more nervous about being yeah. part of the group. And and I'll say too that like it's not not fair to want your significant other to be accepted by your friends. I think that's an important and, an, and a fair thing to think about when choosing a partner. But I think that it can, for me personally, it has, it, it's a, it's, ruined otherwise good things and can because like the first thing I think about when I'm like seeing somebody is like would this person be able to play quiplash with me and my friends they're so <laughs> and like and I've brought people who like don't get it and are so overwhelmed by like the references that my friends and I have or some or like it's overwhelming it, to it try to ingratiate yourself to a friend group for sure it really is and I think about it all the time like I was sleeping with this guy that I really felt like I was in love with and I was like what do you like to read and he was like John Grisham and I was like my friends will make fun of you we have to end it and that sucks yeah because I, mean, I actually think he I like there are a lot of stupid people that I think I actually have fallen in love with there are 
Totally. There are. Well, I, in you fact, also I think my to, type like, is stupid. <laughs> well, also, like, maybe your friend likes his dumb girlfriend. Yeah, like, he's been with her for six years, and maybe the reality is, and, like, maybe we're being very generous, and but maybe she is very dumb, but your boy, your your friend has been with her for six years and is moving in with her, so get over it. Yeah. Your friend is an adult. You're You're saying his girlfriend is dumb and he is weak. You missed the window. Like, you missed the window. Like, if you were going to say that this person was dumb and you don't like them, do it five years ago. Do it five and a half, whatever. You know what I mean? If someone were to tell me about the the person, six years in, the person I'm about to move in with, hey, we don't like her, it would be like, what the fuck? It'd be soul crushing. You like, you missed your opportunity. You missed your opportunity. You better start finding things about this girl that you like. In fact, maybe if you don't want them to move to her small, fucking stupid town and stay in LA, you better (laughs) make her a full fledged member of your group, whatever that entails, whatever. The fucking initiation sequences. You better start getting on it now. Hey, it's her. So, so that she will feel beholden to stay with her new chosen family. Yes. The group. You should marry his girlfriend. Wow. As well. So they stay. <laughs> I, I don't I don't agree. This with is that. something that I personally have done in my life is um marry my friend's partner so that they will stay in town. Okay. Um and it worked out really well for me. So just try it before you I love that. It. All right. <laughs> All right. Um, we got another email, um, and I'll read this one. Hi, Joel and Mitra. Wow. Look at that. My oh. name first. Oh, tables have turned. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen you both perform live. Okay. Stay away from us. Stalker. (laughs) (laughs) I've seen you both perform live and love you equally on the pod. I'm hoping to get your perspectives on this sitch. A friend I've fallen out of touch with, Dave, contacted in quotes, just not not his real name, contacted me because he'll be in town for a month and wants to meet up. Dave and a closer friend, Miranda, who I do regularly talk to, dated for about a month back in college. I actually told Miranda that I was interested in hooking up with Dave at the start of our big group spring break trip, but they ended up together after a night out. This didn't bother me at all because it was college and it's not like I was in love with the guy. But I got to point out for the record that I established interest before she did. Dave and Miranda only lasted a few weeks, but Miranda was pretty hung up on him and has even brought him up occasionally over the years. So now almost a decade has passed since college and I would like to sleep with Dave. It's an unscratched itch. Is he fair game? Normally I'd say enough time has passed and Miranda doesn't own the guy, but I'm also pretty sure this would hurt her feelings. If I go for it, how do I talk to her about it if at all thanks um i'm gonna say for this person Mm -hmm. that we're gonna name her the the, uh the tempest tempest yeah Tempest Bledsoe. No, that's a real name. <laughs> the Tempest. The Tempest. Because um, she named her Miranda, and Miranda's in The Tempest. And you know what? I studied at the Globe for months. The did, Globe Theater did you in go, London. Did you really? Yeah. That's really cool. I can't believe that has never come up. <laughs> <laughs> I'm embarrassed about it. Um, uh, it's very cool to me. Anyways, yeah. Um, uh, and the, and, and the, also The Tempest because she's sort of... Um, wait, you know, you go. Well, I just want to share mine, which is not as good, um, but I... I had fun. Um, Daytona Lie Hundred because you went to date. I in my mind you went to Daytona Beach for spring break, <laughs> and I think you're gonna lie to your friend. No, actually we gotta go with Daytona Lie Hundred. But it's the Catherine Ligel situation where it's just like it says lie in it. <laughs> yeah, but it's fine. Right, Daytona, Daytona Lie Hundred. <laughs> <laughs> um, here's the thing. This is a very contextual thing because I am very. Um, 
I sort I see I see where both parties are coming from in this, and and but in in a lot of different ways. Like I, there are people who I have no claim to, who I didn't even date for a month, who if one of my friends slept with them would irrationally make me very upset about at that friend, even though I have no legitimate claim, and then. There are people who I probably do have legit, more legitimate claims to that if a friend slept with, I would not care. Um, and I also think in general, it's weird when you do. I don't know. I've had plenty of like crossover events with friends throughout the years yeah. of like me hooking up with someone and then a friend hooks up with them or something. The times that I've had a weird feeling about it were when my friends did not talk to me about it before I usually either didn't care um and friends usually don't care when I've talked to them um the only time I've I I think like the times that I've been sort of weirded out were when I was like wait why didn't you talk to me about it it's weirder to me that you didn't talk to me about it and then I found out like from someone else much later because then I just make it feel then then it feels like you're being sneaky yeah um when in reality it's not a big deal at all I was gonna say Ask for forgiveness, not for permission. Oh, I was gonna say just do it, and just later on, like months and months later, be like, "Oh, you remember Dave? I we totally fucked." Is that weird? And I'm like, the and sort of, and sort of like pretend like you didn't even know it would be a big deal. Because here's the thing: you've given up the goose. That's a saying, right? You've what, given what up the goose <laughs> in that you've revealed that you know this would sort of bother your friend, and so if you want to be a good friend, you sort of do have to not do it or talk to her before. Um, if there was a question, then I think that it's fair game. But because since you know, I think either you can't do it, or like you either talk to her before and see what she says, even though you kind of know what the answer is going to be, like. But but then at least you're being transparent about what you want to do. Yeah. That's my personal perspective is I would bring it up because if it's your, if your friend's like, this makes me feel weird and it will make me really bummed yeah. out. If you, I think it will probably make the situation a lot less hot to you. Yeah. I, I guess like, and the, I'm sorry, but like I called dibs on him first. Unfortunately, like that's something that, um, it is not law. It is not law. It you definitely not can law. do it and not say anything. I just don't think it's necessarily the thing is, like, like fair game. The thing se. is, it's like, uh, unfortunately, you're using that piece of information. It doesn't sound like it actually bothered you. That's the thing. It's like she might you you expressed interest in this guy and then she ended up dating it. And then like it doesn't sound like you were hurt by her actions. So you now you can't now use it. Mm-hmm. As leverage in order to make yourself feel better about f- sleeping with a guy that you would know it would when you know it would hurt your friend or possibly hurt your friend. You do you, yeah. un- you know what I mean? Like if you at that time in that Had moment your feelings very hurt, hurt then be, I'd be like, go yeah. do it. Like if, <laughs> or if, if like, like you should have run, or it would have been an issue back then. But yeah. like it doesn't sound like that's the case here, and yeah. so she's just sort of trying to justify it in her mind and 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 building her case, if yes. you will. You certainly can. You certainly can. There's and no again, no laws. Yeah, no, no laws, no laws in the book. But some people are weird, and it's and it might it might specifically be you. That's the thing because I know true. like like it's so weird. Like Matt, if Matt and I have hooked up with so many of the same people, he does not give a shit. He's never cared at all. Um, does care? There are other friends that he does care about though. If they've hooked up with that same person, it, it, you yes, know, I have like, that in my life yeah. as well. 
So it's like, <laughs> it's it's so. But I think it's also it's like who the person is. Yeah, like Catherine exactly. and I have had some gorgeous overlap within our history, yeah. and there it's people where I'm like, that's funny. Uh, yeah, I know. <laughs> I'm very. I, there are only there are only like a handful of people I can think of that like would bother me, but most of the time, I mean, like uh, maybe it's because they're aren't that many gay guys in the world, but like, it's just like overlap happens. Yeah, there's what, I, like 10, 12? I, I find it beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> For me, it's kind of fun. Yeah. I think it's funny, but I get, I yeah. get that there, someone it's, might It's not. very contextual. I think like, if you are, if you really, if this is an itch you need to scratch, then you absolutely have to talk to her about it. Otherwise, just don't do it if you know the answer. So, or Daytona Lie 100. P, please keep us updated. It is saucy. Yeah, All right. We love it. All right. Let's take a quick call? break and then we'll do the call. Okay, we're back, and we're going to listen to this call. <laughs> Hi. Um, so I have maybe a non-problem. Um, I have these new friends who are a group of friends who are pretty cool in every way. Like, I like hanging out with them, but the one problem is that their taste in pop culture is just incredibly embarrassing and basic. And it's like, no, like, I don't want to see Birds of Prey with you guys. Like, no, like, I'm not going to, like, watch the L word. Like, what are we, 40? Um, it's oh just like, God. it's enough. Um, and basically, I thought I could look past this embarrassing taste in media, but it's really hard. Um, and I want to stay friends with them, but I'm just so embarrassed when we talk about movies and TV. Because I care about movies and TV, but, like, their opinions are all just like ugh, like embarrassing um so yeah any advice you can give me on learning to look past this and still keeping these friends would be great thank you so much bye who you picked the wrong people yeah you picked the wrong crowd babe <laughs> have you not heard the podcast we like trash around here we are not cultural elitist at all oh my god um, wait oh we see this person I knew. yeah um uh, i want to call her what's like um uh, I want to call her Rotten Tomato. Because <laughs> <laughs> she's obsessed with what's good and what's bad. <laughs> yes. You did, a, you did one like I do. This is a situation where... <laughs> You picked a real name. I know. Listen, we don't have a lot of time. Rotten Tomato. <laughs> and that's what she is. She's Rotten Tomato. Um, oh, also, here's, here's a bitch <laughs> with a real name. <laughs> she's Harley Quinn, and her friends are the Birds of Prey. Because <laughs> she's... <laughs> it's not real. Yeah, but you already named someone Harley Quinn three weeks ago. Sorry, I just think about her like Quinn a lot. Okay, we, we're using here. <laughs> she's Rotten Tomato! I am with you. Okay, um, Rotten Tomato. Here's the thing. Um... First of all, I just want to say, Joel and I both were so excited to see Birds of Prey. Yeah. And I invited, I got a group of 10 people to go. Um, this is like the 40th movie that I've made, yeah. like 10 people go see. Um, it's fun to like yeah. fun stuff. I guess my thing is, is I am not a person who like, I, I do not attach any sort of like moral equivalence of uh, to taste. In that mm -hmm. way, like it's just not. Um, and I have th this is the thing is like I have friends on either side of me. I have friends that are so, in my opinion, like they also they have really bad taste in mu music, movies, and TV. And then there are friends on the other side of me who uh, think that some of the stuff that I like, aka Birds of Prey, comic book movies in general, are bad. Um, and 
it does not affect my friendship with them at, at the end of the day, because we have different friends that have like that serve different purposes in our lives. And like some of my friends are friends that I can get into really interesting conversations and critiques about movies and film and television with. And some of them are friends that like, I just have fun with and like, yeah. and not every friend. And has I don't to do be... anything like that's like the friends I have fun with. We don't talk about anything smart. And the friends I talk about smart with fun, I, not fun at all. <laughs> yeah, not every friend has to be everything. So yeah. th- you have a great time with these friends. Great. You do not yeah. have to go out dive and get into like fucked cultural up critique. with them and like party and like d- fu- it's weird. You didn't mention anything you liked about them weirdly. So I d- we, it's hard for us to gauge why you're even hanging out with them at all. I hope they hear this and they're like, why are we hanging out with that? I'm not going to. Why are we hanging out with that asshole? No, that rotten tomato, <laughs> rotten tomato. But uh, look, you like the stuff about them. Do that stuff with them. You do not have to do the other stuff with them. I think it's great that yeah. you have a new group of friends that you love being around and you really don't have to do the stuff that you don't like doing. Yes. And they probably don't want to talk about films and television with people who don't like their stuff either. Exactly. So you don't have to ask them. You never have to ask them. And you can watching. also call it out. Like I do that all the time. Like I have friends who are not in the industry and like don't have the same sort of like uh, standards or tastes that I do. And like I'm always calling them stupid to their face and they love it. They <laughs> Joel, eat it up. Yeah, Joel... You could you could definitely take that approach. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah. Okay. So just like lighten up, really focus on the, like, do the things you have, and then I'm sure you have another group of snooty cultural elitist friends that you can talk about. Portrait of a Lady on Fire with. Oh, no, it's a great. It's one of the best movies of the year. Go and see it. Portrait Had a of lump in my throat, throat yeah. the whole time. <laughs> okay. Uh, am, uh, anyway, I'll get lost no, say in it. that. Oh, just I, I was going to say the most obvious thing of all, which was just that I was very horny the whole time. Oh, Portrait of a Lady on Fire. Mm-hmm. Yeah, even I. It's just like the tension. Yeah, the like the it's it's not like like I really feel like who who could see that movie and not feel horny just knowing that people are about to it could yeah. it could blow at any moment. Sure. Oh, anyway, <laughs> we got a next one. I'll read this one. Yeah, sure. Hey, Mutra and Joel. I'm a 22-year-old male from the UK and a big fan of the pod. Oh, across the uh, across the. What? Across the sea? Across the pond. Okay, Sorry. thank you. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry to our UK listeners that Mitra just did that to use. <laughs> I'll do this all in an accent if okay. you're not careful. I need your advice. I've been straight my whole life, but recently I've been having an increased amount of thoughts about being gay or at least gay sex. I don't know if I'm curious I'd be good at sucking dick or if these are feelings I've maybe been suppressing. Before coming to uni, Ooh. I worked in various numerous oh, I worked in numerous arts festivals and so I've been well immersed in gay <laughs> culture and have been hit on by a load of hot gay men, but I've never been into it. Except I did once make out with a guy in a gay club in Sydney on a dare. I'm wondering what my next step is. How do experiment? I don't really want anyone to find out about this because I'm sort of known for being a fuckboy at my uni and I play for our main sports team. And while some of my friends are cool, I know lots of them would be total dicks about this behind my back. I wouldn't want to go on a date with a guy because I'd find that weird, I think. And I probably wouldn't want to get into bed with a guy because I might chicken out or be uncomfortable. What do I do? Ideally, I'd like to just have you uh, call me by your name moment, but I have no plans on going to Italy soon. So it just seems unlikely. Thank you for your help. You're doing God's work. Um, Okay. I'm going to name this guy Sean Cody. (laughs) (laughs) Right? Um, Or rather, Sean. (laughs) Wait, let me me think about it. Joel's getting into character, doing his accent work across the table. Joel is actively turned away from me (laughs) doing this. I wouldn't want to go on a date with 
with a guy named Sean Cody. Sean Cody is your name. <laughs> Sean Cody. Um, yeah, that, that's okay. Sean Cody. <laughs> <laughs> My British accent is just yelling. <laughs> Sean Cody. I'm <laughs> just getting worse. When I try, it gets even worse. And that is sort of the ethos of <laughs> this podcast. Of this podcast. <laughs> when we try, uh, it we gets, try, even, gets worse. even worse. Um, um, put it on the merch. Okay. Um, here's the thing. This is like a full porn. This is just porn. This is just a porn <laughs> scenario. Because um, I, I, unfortunately, because uh, our community is toxic, um, anybody would be happy to be your guinea pig. Um, you play on a sports team and you're bi-curious. Oh, my God. Like, literally, get on Grinder. post a pic of your torso down. Um, say you're discreet and looking to experiment and literally anyone will walk their ass over and like help you live out whatever part of this. If you don't want to have full sex, if you just want to get your dick sucked or your dick sucked, go ahead and do it. Or listen, like you're just, it sounds like this is all just sort of creeping up now. You have your whole life ahead of you. We've talked to people who are doing shit gay shit into their 30s. 40s. You know, we've had people of all ages email about this kind of stuff. Um, All ages meaning that it kind of stops in the 40s. But but we have 12-year-olds emailing us. We have 13-year-olds emailing us. Um, But but one part of this that stuck out to me was you saying that you wouldn't want to get into a a bed with a guy because you might chicken out or be uncomfortable, not because you don't think you'd be attracted to the person that you're in bed with. That's just about fear. Yeah, I mean, it's a big paradigm shift. I would say a lot of people know from a very young age I mean, I know speaking from my experience and from the experience of a lot of people I know from a very young age that they have same sex attraction. And if this is just all hitting you at 22, then like, yeah, no rush. there's no rush. It's going to be I I would be freaked out if at, at net. Well, you know what? It is weird. I like the older I get, the more I'm like, you know what? Maybe I should circle back around to vaginas. Maybe I maybe I said maybe I made that decision for myself to be gay too soon. You know, and I'm not, and I'm only being a little bit facetious because I am sort of like, what is sexuality? You know, and there are some girls, some girls that I see in sort of white, more length. (laughs) I'm wearing my sexiest outfit, which is black. Opaque tights, opla- opaque black tights, a floor-length white dress, Birkenstocks, mm-hmm. a gigantic tits shirt. Out. Tits, tits just out. Ow. <laughs> Keep falling out. Just kidding. They're, they're so small, no. they couldn't possibly fall. <laughs> There's no movement. Well, people are like, oh, when I run, I'm like, what? <laughs> what? Oh, what oh they move? Yeah. Um, but no, listen, It's uh, we've said it a thousand times on this podcast. It is a very fluid thing. If you want to experiment, um, truly get, like... the. There is not going to be a shortage of guys, unfortunately. I wish I could say that there would be a shortage of guys who would want to not uh, experiment with you because guess what? You're going to be bad at it, um, but the people will line up um, for you if that's what you want. But if you don't want that, um, then just like literally give yourself a moment. Well, Let yourself graduate school. Literally wait until you have enough money to go to Italy. Okay. <laughs> and then you can really have it. And then you can But also, have it. guess what? If, uh, <laughs> the line about I don't know if I'm curious if I'd be good at sucking dick it's like honey you want to a couple of guys like, yeah I know yeah, like, <laughs> it, at the very least you are bi-curious bi and that's okay like you're maybe, not just curious if you're good at sucking yeah, dick yeah <laughs> I, I would say that that is not a, a well, curiosity that a lot of straight it, men have yeah it's such an important skill to have if you're uh 
fucking cis women. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, it does seem like you, a lot of this, you, there's a lot of unpacking to be had because it's like, oh, the guys on your team would give you a hard time about it behind your back. And it feels like that is maybe the thing that's like sort of holding you back ultimately from like doing the experimenting and embracing this part of yourself. So, um, you know, betterhelp.com, my friend, therapy. I don't know if they have it over in the UK. But you're at uni right now. I'm sure there's some sort of like free counseling you can go to. Like just like go to a space where you can be completely honest. And that's not, you know, necessarily writing into a podcast anonymously, but it's not. But I'm glad you're. Yeah, Yeah. it's like great that you're typing it out. I do think that is an important step is just to acknowledge that in yourself. For sure. Um, But you got time, babe. You got time to figure out. I, I used to hook up with this guy in New York who was married in an open relationship with his wife two kids and he in his 30s was like i want to start hooking up with dudes and the wife was cool with that and i was the one that's great yeah so it could happen it could happen to you he looks like mark ruffalo Mm. parks love okay Uh (laughs) (laughs) keep an eye out (laughs) oh he was a drummer anyways um we've got a lot of identifying traits (laughs) dana play the next voicemail please okay so he just set a timer firstly i want to say on the pod, you say 60 to 90 seconds, and on the voicemail, you say 90 to seconds to two minutes. You're burning time, so bitch! So, <laughs> just going to point out the contradiction immediately facing us. Okay, I'm at 16 seconds, 17 seconds. Okay. Um, so, <clears throat> recently started dating this guy. Really cool. Um, you know, like, sometimes I'll show my picture on, his, uh, on my phone or something like that, and he'll see my email, like, badge that tells me how many like emails I have that are unread and my text message one and my phone one and it really upsets him a lot. Um, currently I have 500 unread text messages, 60 voicemails, and 9,358 <sighs> emails, 14 LinkedIn notifications, 11, 11 Facebook Messenger. A grinder is countless, but I deleted that. Thank <laughs> Congratulations. God. Okay, so I don't know what to do. Should I care and appease him, or should I stick with the constant anxiety that I've subjected myself to that's become <laughs> so comfortable over all of these years? Please let me know. Thanks, me, Shred. Thanks, Joel. I know you'll have the answer, because countless the doctors haven't. Thanks, bye. <laughs> <laughs> okay, what are we going to name this guy? It's a real name, unfortunately, but okay. TLC's Hoarders <laughs> is a start. TLC's Hoarders? Because he's hoarding electronically. Oh, okay. What, why don't we just call him Hoarder? Um, Law and Hoarder. Law and Hoarder. <laughs> law, no, that is good because like his boyfriend's the law. Mm-hmm. And, and he's, he's the, the hoarder. hoarder. Okay. Law and hoarder. Law and order. Law and hoarder. As for you. This I actually think is um first of all, seek treatment. <laughs> seek oh treatment. God. I don't I don't think so, honey. People who have their emails unread at this point. I've recently confronted literally all of our friends who have podcasts about the fact that they don't listen to this podcast. And I have said to Matt Bowen, Kat and Pat, I've said I will continue to use your copyrighted <laughs> phrases on this podcast until you listen regularly like I listen to your podcast regularly. 
because it's, hurt, it's hurtful that my friends don't listen to this podcast and I am big fans of their podcasts. I listen every week. Okay. Well, and the thing that's really going to sting is that this is going to come out and you're not going to hear from them because and they're not, not listening. <laughs> nope. Um, so oh. Rule of culture number 129. Um, listen to your friend's podcast. <laughs> I spend every day from the moment I wake up to the moment I fall asleep listening to my friend's podcast. <laughs> Anyways. Um, no, but so, truly, I, I actually, I am on your boyfriend's team. This is, um, this would send me into, give me, I'm sweating reading it. Um, yeah. Um, I, I, uh, here's what I think is that you are, um, you say you're doing this to appease him, but then you say that you have constant anxiety that you've subjected yourself to over the years. So it's clearly a you thing as well. Like there are definitely some people who don't care that they have 10 million unread things, which I personally cannot wrap my head around. Yeah. But you seem to be someone who is bothered by it, but is worried about like the the big task that it I, is. I actually think that the anxiety is. I think he likes the anxiety because it's a driving force in his life. Mm-hmm. I like. I actually think he's. It's a symbiotic thing. I, I I don't think the anxiety is the problem. I'm I'm gonna give a really short and sweet answer for how everybody wins in this situation. Okay. Go to your notifications. Go to settings. Go to notifications. Go to any of the apps that show that have banner. It, uh, like literally just tur- or turn off the notification that like shows the little red icons. That's I'm it. I'm doing it right now. Literally. <laughs> like turn off, turn off, um, and, and, and literally, well, I guess, oh, uh, badges. Yeah. Badges. That's what you need to turn off, right? Yeah. Badges. Cause then if you turn off badges, then you won't have to clean out your email. You'll open up your email app and the same e- amount of emails will will show unread on your email. <laughs> but guess what, babe? It will not show up on your phone. It won't have that little red circle. Okay, next so to I want to call, call this person Girl Scout because he's got too many badges. <laughs> I actually prefer Law and Hoarder. I'm with you. <laughs> I'm just being playful today. Yeah. Um, um, but just turn off the badges, babe. And if those instructions were unclear, then just Google it. Because listen, you just do it. You do it uh, temporarily until you break this guy's heart. Because that's what's going to happen. Because if listen, this Dharma and Greg situation, you and your <laughs> wild and crazy notifications, and he's tight and buttoned up. He's got a tie. He wears a tie to work. He wears a tie to work, and he and he, oh, it's never going to work. I don't out. know what the fuck you're talking about. <laughs> you don't know Dharma and Greg? No, but it also is just like <laughs> we went into like. <laughs> <laughs> I'm breaking this person's heart and the fantasies that been surrounding it. And I I felt lost, but I did love the journey. Yeah. And, and that's, that's what this, this show is all about. Well. <laughs> I felt lost, but I did love the journey. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Let's so either on. fix your life or turn off the badges. Those are your options. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he keeps me young. <laughs> You we read, have an email. You, oh, oh, wait. I re- you read the last one. I'll read this one. The last porny one. Yeah. Okay. I'll read this one. <laughs> Hi, Joel and Mitra. I love the pod and love you both. Not sure how it's possible that two uniquely funny people with sexy voices came together for a pod, but we are lucky. Wow. <laughs> anyway, I have been in a relationship for five years with a great guy. We are moderately happy together. However, I've always had lingering feelings for this guy I used to date. We have been casual friends the last last few years completely platonically but at times he has subtly flirted with me our connection has always has 
was always so intense. And my God, the sex was off the chain back in the day. Should I feel guilty that I still have an immense attraction to them and always wonder maybe that if they were the one that got away? Just because I'm in a relationship, I suppose, am I never supposed to be attracted to another person again? Okay, so what are we going to fall call it? Um, Whoa. <laughs> what are we going to call this person? What are we going to call this person? Um, I'm, I'm going to say, uh, uh, let's see, missed connections, intense relationship, hmm. off the chain. Uh, th- uh, <laughs> um, three chains, because... <laughs> <laughs> and mine was um Craig's kissed mixed missed connections. Craig, Craig's kissed <laughs> missed connections. And why? <laughs> these are actually both really bad. They're really bad. Be- Should we these keep are- going? <laughs> <laughs> um okay. Um, um I, we can't. We can't keep going. Flirted, moderately happy. Well, I think we'll find it as we go. <laughs> <laughs> Based on the zero times that we've done that. Yeah, yeah sure. Okay. <laughs> the pressure's on. The pressure's on. <laughs> um, this is a hard for this is a hard one for me because I'm of two minds. There is like the rational brain side of me that's like, yeah, you're always gonna be attracted to other people. And being in a relationship with someone, especially a monogamous relationship, is a very intentional choice mm-hmm. that is work and that um is never you're never gonna be like fully like balls deep in love with someone for the totality of every moment that you spend with them. Um, and then there's another part of me, and and granted, please remember, I've been single for 12 years, <laughs> um, that if I wasn't, if I ever said I was, um, what I, what was the words he said? Um, moderately, moderately happy, together. happy together. If I ever described that as a state in my relationship, I'd know it was time to end it. Like, for me personally, if I'm not fucking crazed in love with someone, uh, the reason I haven't been in a relationship is because every, and this is actually something I have spoken about in therapy recently, and and we're trying to work out if it's a problem for real or not, is that, like, I actually do feel like the moment I stop feeling crazy in love with someone, I don't think I should be dating them anymore. And maybe that's a problem. Maybe I'm, maybe that's wrong. Do you feel insanely in love with Wit every time you see him? I feel, I do feel, in I do feel in love every time I see him. I don't always feel like insane. Like some days I'm really tired, you know. So I'm not like, oh my god. Yeah. But I, I do feel the thing that I feel um, characterizes like the good love that I have with Wit right now is I feel very excited and very lucky to be with him all the time. Okay. And like that to me, I'm like, that is like the part of it that feels like insane to mm-hmm. me is that I'm still like, oh, I can't believe it. Like that's the the cool thing. Yeah. I, I guess too, for me, I, I made a mistake in that he said, we're moderately happy together. He didn't say that he's moderately in love, you know? And I think that's fair. Cause like, you're not going to be like, Happy ecstatic every all day, all the time. But yeah. you can still know Be, that you're yeah, yeah. in love. Yeah, I think that that's a good, that's a great clarification. I I do feel first of all like you definitely can be attracted to people outside of your yeah. relationship. Yeah. It is so unrealistic to me, and I don't think anybody really expects that. Like I know that like there are still people that like wit is attracted to, and that I'm attracted to, and all that kind of stuff because we're people mm-hmm. and we're we're animals. Yeah. <laughs> But the thing that's tough for me is that 
you are, I don't, it doesn't sound like it's platonic, even if what you're, the exchanges that you're having are platonic. It sounds like you are not feeling completely platonic with this old partner. Um, You're definitely able to hold positive feelings with people that you used to date and you used to fuck, but it's like, what are you doing with that after? Mm -hmm. It seems like you're really comparing this person to your current partner. Yeah, I, I will say, I don't know where this other guy is at the guy that you're platonically friends with, like who knows if he feels the same way or you're misreading signals. I do want to say that like, perhaps there is a non-monogamy angle. I, I mean, I assume that's off the table and that that's not something you and your partner want to do. Otherwise, you know, what would the problem be? It, it sounds like this sort of goes beyond just like wanting to bang this guy again, though. And there's like emotional stakes involved as well with yes. this person. Like you might think you might be in love with this person. I don't know. Maybe polyamory is on the table for you guys. Uh, there's there's those options. I, I don't want to harp too much on that, but I, I do want to preface by saying that like, OK, it doesn't work for everybody. It does work for a lot of people I know and they're happy mm-hmm. and um, that is something that you know uh, if you haven't thought about it maybe think about it yeah and it sounds like maybe you are table. not getting something that you need or want from your current partner so that is like kind of the issue within right. the issue <clears throat> to me but I also I do not think you should blow up this relationship um, think before you try bef- other things and explore other outlets. Yeah, and, and also before you know for sure that this guy is going to be waiting on the other end of the wreckage of this fucking ship that you just blew up because <laughs> you are, you are Richard Jewell. Oh, <laughs> uh, so I was thinking Titanic because you said ship and you go Richard yeah. Jewell because blow, blow up. up. Yeah. Richard Jewell's Titanic. <laughs> A musical <laughs> coming this fall. Richard Jewell's Titanic. Okay. That's the name. And that's, I mean, I think it's better than Three Chains and what was yours? I can't tell you and I don't want to know. <laughs> <laughs> um, All right, let's move on to our next call. Dana, play that track. Dana, play that track. Hi, Mitra Joel. Um, first time calling in. You guys are both great. Love the pod. Um, I'm calling in with a kind of very typical senior year kind of question. So senior year in college, though not your typical high school student. Um, not a high school student, I guess. Anyways, uh, so like it kind of relates to my future employment situation. So I've always been a very strong supporter of like democratic socialist ideas. So I love Bernie. I'm going to vote for him in this primary and hoping he becomes the nominee. Um, I was also very anti Wall Street until I got to college, but uh, I will, I, you know, have made a lot of friends here who are now going to work for Wall Street and also in all kind of Wall Street adjacent industries like consulting. Um, so, like, in my own desperation to find employment, I am now also, you know, staring down the barrel of working for a quantitative hedge fund, which is a part of Wall Street, if you did not know that. Um, and I would be doing kind of like business operations work for the hedge fund. So, you know, the head trend, it uses, like, computer algorithms, essentially, to trade, make trades. Um, I guess, like, I'm a little stuck on now, like, comparing my kind of very strong democratic socialist, like, political beliefs with um, working for the very institution, the very institution that, like, it is against, right? So, you know, the way I kind of see it is right now is that, like, a computer making a trade and, like, you know, buying an asset and then selling it for more later is not kind of directly responsible for the collapse of the American middle class in the same way that, like, predatory lending has has had done that or, like, you know, bad terms on mortgages or just, like, bad mortgages, et cetera. So, 
I guess my, my big question is kind of just like, you know, is it possible to be a, a Bernie supporter who works in finance? Um, and is it enough to be self-aware of the fact that the industry you work for is bad even, uh, while you support a politician who is determined to break it all down? Is that enough? All right. Let me know. Thank you so much. I love this call. Me too. Because it's a very complicated thing. What are we going to, and and how are we going to disrespect this very thoughtful person? <laughs> With what, what, what kind of name? So, um, financial person, money mm-hmm. person. Mm-hmm. Hedge fund. Hedge fund. <clears throat> over, well, uh, over the hedge. Uh, <laughs> occupy. Occupy. Uh, hedge, hedge, <laughs> this is bad. Hedge, I'm really, I wish you could see the inside of my head grunt. right now. It's tumbleweeds in What's, here. <laughs> what, uh, uh, call, call, uh, mer- <laughs> we got hedge fund, we got Wall Street, we got Bernie, we got, um, socialist, uh, we got. What else? We have so much to work with. I know, we really have one. so much. And that's probably the problem. Yeah. We're, we're used to people giving us nothing so we can really yeah. do anything. Um, uh, uh, occupy. <sighs> okay, I'm going to name this person and then we can always come back. Occupy Wall Street. Occupy Wall Street. This person's going to try to do better. Yeah. And we are occupying to, to get th- 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 this fucking over. Yeah, we got to we got to address it. This is tough. Um this is tough because I uh you know the I I don't necessarily know um the ins and outs of exactly what the job that he's looking at entails. Right. And so I can't speak to how it will or will or not affect the American middle class as he uh, seems to think it won't directly. But I think this person also understands, which I think is smart and realistic, which is that like, they're not going to be like poisoning the industry from the inside or whatever. Like they're going to be like a part of that industry and complicit in the things that happen within that industry. But I mean, but there are so, but, and this is the thing, this is, I mean, this is the thing with you. Can, there's two sides to me. And I think we have to be really careful not to go to the full nihilistic side of like, well, um, you know, not, you know, our money's going somewhere. So consumer boycotts don't work. And even though I, I, I sort of do fall under the, the umbrella of like, we make personal choices um, about where we send our money and what we do with our time and and th- and we make those own lines and and don't sort of project those onto other people vis-a-vis like you know if you quit soul cycle or if you stopped eating a chick-fil-a things like that like I think are personal choices based on your own personal lines that you create but I think we also have, I at least come from a place where I'm like until big structural changes happen you know I can't that these using plastic straws is not going to be the thing that stems climate change, you know? Mm -hmm. Uh, And so like we all have to make these small choices based on our own sort of sense of morality and responsibility. And like, um, I also think like the question being, can you be a Bernie supporter who works in finance? I mean, I am, I'm obviously motivated by my own bias, which is that I am a Bernie supporter. And I think that, you can because yeah. I don't think there's like 
a bad supporter of a movement that I would know, seek to change that industry. I literally heard an, an interview in uh, uh, someone on NPR interviewed a woman in South Carolina who literally works for Blue Cross Blue Shields, a, a health insurance company who's voting for Bernie. And they were like, um, but if he gets his way, you'll lose your job. And she's like, yeah, I know. <laughs> it's like, well, it's like you, you things you have to pay rent. You have to like, be a part of the system. It's that it's, meme. It's, it's like, oh, you, you know, you're uh, you, you're a part of society. You it's are very easy to stay clean machine. when you don't have to worry about money or anything. Yeah, like you can uh, have a lot of like you can really take a moral high ground when you don't have to think about those right. things. Right so, now, maybe ask yourself the question of like, is this the only industry that yeah. you can work in? Do sure. you have other options? Can you get other jobs? Make yes. again. It's those decisions that you make for yourself um, that are ma- personal and like. And and that you sort of have to set for yourself. And then there are, of course, like more things that are that align more broadly. I mean, I mean, this is a weird thing, but like I think about this all the time whenever an audition comes in for like an Amazon, whenever that fucking marvelous Miss Maisel audition comes in. And God, I'm waiting by my phone every day, (laughs) every day I'm waiting for it. every day I'm waiting for it. And I'm it's like it's weird. It's like, do I want to work for Amazon, this company that is run by someone I think is evil and is actively making the world a worse place? Right. And it's like, but and do does me like not taking a fucking under five on Maisel like change anything? And there's like little decisions I've had to make where I'm like, I'm not uh, my if, when I sell my special, I won't be selling it to Amazon. If I sell a show someday, I won't sell it to Amazon. But will I take an under five on Marvelous Miss Maisel? Yeah. And does that sort of, could I see that to someone from the outside seeming like hypocritical or weird or not in keeping, not sort of morally consistent? Sure. But it's like a decision that like we all have to just make for ourselves and like make our peace with that ourselves. I think we have to just like do our best. And if you can donate, that's great. If you can give time, that's great. Do things that like morally can offset that to you in whatever way that you're able to. But I don't think it's morally wrong, ultimately. I do think, um, yeah, support the candidates that are going to make big structural change. Like people get, sometimes people get in my mentions when I talk about climate change and they're like, you're a comedian and you go, you travel on planes every week for work. And it's like, yeah, because I live in a, in a society that has, uh, in a country that has not, you know, don't, uh, invested in the infrastructure for high speed green rail. Okay. Yeah. But yes, I'm voting. When the time comes that I vote in a president that's going to fucking shut down the airline industry because because of the, the damage it's doing to the planet, then I will gladly make adjustments in my life. But me taking, like me not working will not save the planet, you know? And so it's like, those are the sort of like ways I look at the moral decisions I'm making for my life. And, and maybe that makes me a hypocrite. I don't know, but I've made peace with that and I'm getting better every day. And that's what we're all doing. And I yeah. think that it's, it, you clearly seem like a thoughtful person. And I think you'll know when it becomes uh, an issue that is morally wrong yes. for you. So we're going to call you, um, um, Occupy <laughs> Wall Street. Saint what? Occupy Wall Street. Oh, wait, Saint what? No, I didn't have it. I didn't have I it. I thought I, I didn't, <clears throat> I couldn't tell. And I was like, <laughs> <laughs> we have one last email and then we'll be on our little way. I'll read this one. 
Hello, I love you both. Do either of you have any experience with spiders sort of overtaking your door slash entryway slash mailbox? Before summer rolls around, I'm looking for some ideas to prevent them from starting intricate webs atop my door handle or in my mailbox, which hangs outside my apartment door and is a little too high for me to access easily. So I always need to reach in and I'm often greeted with many spiders with deep webs inside of it. I don't really want to kill them. I just like to maybe prevent them from seeing this as an ideal spot to chill. Merci. (laughs) (laughs) Um... uh uh, let's call this one, um... Anansi. Do you remember that book? Anansi the Spider? What? Do you know this? Okay. It's a it's a book about a spider. <laughs> Anansi? Yeah. How do you spell I it? I guess um, Anansi's Killer is probably what this person's name is. Yeah. I think it's A-N-A-N-S-I. It, yeah. Truly? A-N-A-A-N-A-N-S-I. Anansi. A-N-A-N-A-N-A. That I'm gonna call her anal C, anal C, anal A N A L C. That's what your name is. Listen, guys, we already named her anal C. All right, anal C. Here's I want. So I picked this one because I have very personal experience with this. If you followed my Instagram stories, you'll know that I moved to a part of town in LA that is close to the LA River and that is full of bugs. And all my neighbors have begged me, begged me, begged, begged, begged begged me not to kill any of the spiders because um, they are so instrumental in keeping the bug population down, which I have since heard is maybe not true, but I, in, in any case, try not to kill the spiders as well. I recently had a spider that took residence on one of my doors, um, on the handle for the door. It was very inconvenient. I had to find a different way to open the door to not disturb the spider or the web. And then the web sort of got unruly and I said, okay, Jerry, I named the spider Jerry, <laughs> G-E-R-I. Good. Um, Successions, Jerry. Yes. And um, <laughs> and I cleaned. I was like, okay, she's let the web get sort of out of control. There's lots of leaves in it. It's not even being helpful to Jerry at this point. I was like, so I will just clean the web and then Jerry will um, just make a new one. And, I'll, and then it'll be sort of our thing. We're all like periodically clean up the webs. Um, I clean up the web. Jerry disappeared. And I said, where did Jerry go? And I looked it up online. Apparently some spiders eat their web for sustenance. And when you clean the web all away, you've taken their food source and they die. So I murdered Jerry, um, (laughs) a spider that I actually grew quite close to. Yes, you named the spider. (laughs) I know. And got quite used to seeing every day and was very sad to hear that she died. You killed your roommate. I killed my roommate. And so... um, uh, What I'm going to say to you is that um, you can either murder the spiders or let them take over... You don't have many other choices. <laughs> and that's our show. <laughs> so you need to sort of make a moral decision for yourself. You need to sit down and say. You need to have a conversation with yourself. And say, where's the line for you? Where's the line? And then if you're going to cross the line, we're going to cross the line. <laughs> Mocking um, ourselves. <laughs> Mocking us literally doing our best. <laughs> um, um, yeah. So if you're going to murder your roommate, that's fine. But um, you don't have to. <laughs> That's that's the that's the quote. Yeah, you can murder your roommate. That's fine, but you don't have to. I will also say, um, uh, there's all these these little spider grabbers that they have now. They're like really cute spider catchers that like really softly um, capture, like scoop up the spider, and then you can do that and move them somewhere else, and then hope for the best. Move them to hell. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) (laughs) So I hope we. I hope we were super helpful. (laughs) I don't think we were. 
Um, all right. Well, we're we doing our it. best, and that's it. <laughs> doing our best is all we ever promise them. And if you ever want us to do our best to you, you can call us at 323-334-0371 or email us at urgentcarepod at gmail.com. That's a jingle now. <laughs> Let's get a track under that. Call us, email us, uh, give us updates, let us know if we did bad giving someone advice, which is I, impossible. I guarantee you there are going to be people who think we answered the Bernie question wrong or are going to say you should have told him not to work on Wall Street. And listen, uh, that's fine. Ideally, that's fine. ideally, ideally don't. Yeah. Ideally don't. <laughs> ideally ideally don't. work at an independent feminist bookstore. Okay. <laughs> Ideally that. How about that? Yeah, actually, that is my advice to that guy is get a job at an independent um, feminist woman's bookstore. (laughs) So we would like to revise our previous statements. Thank you so much for listening. I feel good. I feel good. I feel thank you, Dana. Thank you, Dana. I feel thank you, Ryan. I feel thank you, Joel. I feel thank you, July. I think I feel thank you, everyone here at Earwolf. Everyone involved.